Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome to the UBS On Air Conversations podcast channel. Our conversation today will focus on the financial goals and ambitions of athletes and entertainers, as well as the approach UBS takes to serving and supporting this unique client segment. I am excited to be joined today by Wale Ogunle, the head of the Athletes and Entertainers Client Segment with the UBS Client Strategy Office. So Wale, it's great to be with you today on the podcast and congratulations on the recent launch of the Athletes and Entertainers Client Segment. Maybe as a starting point for our listeners and clients, Wale, can you provide us with some background on the genesis for UBS Global Wealth Management's focus on this particular client segment? Yeah, um, it actually started about three, four years ago. I had bumped into John Matthews down at Art Basel, and I had just finished having a, a, a small internship that I did with the Miami Dolphins. And we just chopped it up w- on some of the things that I saw that UBS was doing really well with me as a, as a client. And I realized that there was an opportunity for the firm to take a, a step forward in, in, in one, um, being a innovator in the space, uh, meeting the needs of athletes and entertainers that I felt that some of the financial firms were missing. And, uh, and when I say that, I mean like understanding truly who our clients are and, and some of the gaps and misconceptions that come into play when dealing with uh, this, this client segment. And, and, and to John Matthews' credit, uh, he, he understood exactly what I was talking about. And um, for the next three, four years, we just kept going back and forth on on how we would be able to um, bring this to the firm. I necessarily wasn't a part of the plan. I just, just loved the way UBS, you know, um, dealt with their clients and, and treated everyone with uh, this holistic approach of making sure things are right, making sure that there's, you know, that 3L, the Wealthway um, strategy that the firm used. Um, I felt like that just would resonate so well with the space. So that being said, we talked back and forth and, you know, after some time, you know, everyone came back to me and said, listen, we, we, we love your passion. We love that you, your experiences in the space. Um, we understand that some of the um, mistakes that may have had of you um, in the past with other financial advisors, not here at UBS, but, you know, just in general with the space led you down a path of wanting to get your MBA just so you could understand finances um, this is a great opportunity for the firm to have this discussion and, and more importantly, create this new um, segment that focused on the athlete entertainers. So um, it, it took some time. It wasn't an overnight thing, but um, I'm just happy to be in a sp- position where we're going to really make some noise and actually help people in their careers um, off the stage or off the field. It's really a fascinating background story and very interesting, Wale, to hear how this initiative and focus came to be. And we're, of course, very happy to have you here with us at UBS. So you clearly know the client segment, Wale, very well. So from your vantage point, can you share with our listeners some common or even variable financial goals, ambitions of this client segment, and really what kind of impact do these types of clients want to make and what kind of legacy do these clients want to leave? Yeah, great question. I think what we need to do first is take a step back and, you know, not think about this in more of a a bottom line type situation, right? 
too many times this segment when we're dealing with athletes and entertainers, every single person in their ecosystem is looking at them as a transaction, right? Someone has their hands somewhere within their pockets. There's fees coming from every angle, whether it's a business manager, uh, CPA, uh, tour manager, stylist, um, trainers, agents. Like I said, let's take a step back, right? And let's figure out how do we make this, and which is the case for most clients, but it really resonates well when you're able to look at the, the potential athlete or entertainer and, and really have a genuine relationship, right? And understand who we're dealing with, um, what matters to them, um, what impactful ways do they want to invest, and at the end of the day, how do we build this legacy? So and, and to, to, to use me as an example, right, born and raised in New York City, both my parents came from Nigeria, went to Indiana University, played in the professional league for 11 years. My advisor should look at every aspect and say, hey, what did your parents come here for? Well, they came here to get an education. Hmm, do you have, an, do you have a, a good feelings about childhood financial education or Yes. Why do you, because you know why the advisor would ask me that? It's because they're really trying to dig deep into who I am and find ways that, again, like I said earlier, this doesn't become a transaction. We're providing services for our clients, right? The stocks and bonds, those portfolios, we can do that in our sleep. But where the financial institution has failed is to actually understand that this segment of, uh, of, our, of our population really wants to do good. I understand 1% of the negative, uh, the, the, the negative athletes and entertainers get majority of the headlines, but 99% of this, this population actually want to do good. And they do do good. And they want to give back. And in a year like 2020, they want to make sure that this people that can survive the COVID issues that we're having. They want to make sure that the racial justice uh, issues that the country had last year, that everyone can have a voice and speak out and, and they want their financial advisors to be there holding their hand. And I think that's where we're going to make the difference. It's great for having, you know, a great financial plan and it's great to bring a ton of money into the firm, which we're going to do if we do things the right way. And that's what our, the A&E approach is going to be, right? Approaching this standpoint from we're not going to be fans in, in the typical sense of the word. Uh, we're actually going to be partners and understand that we look at each individual as a businessman and a businesswoman and not actually as an athlete or entertainer. We're, we're looking at how do we make this talent you have last for generations, so with that all in mind, Wally, and circling back to some of your earlier remarks, there does seem to be, in some circumstances, a disconnect in terms of the services and guidance provided by others within the financial services industry and these clients in terms of what they really need and want. So I'm curious, what are some common financial missteps made by clients who fall within this segment? I think the, the biggest misstep, and I think, it, I think both sides have to bear bear blame but the biggest misstep is not understanding what you're doing not understanding what you're investing in uh too many times this particular segment of um i'm kind of talking about are a types right they're leaders 
they're um they have you know these large um i won't say the word ego because that may be a, a negative connotation but the, the the things that make athletes and entertainers um amazing and talented are some of the same things that make them not want to ask questions like like me and for for instance i played in the league for 11 years and every time a financial advisor, this was the reason why I use this word because it bothered me so much, but every time a financial advisor would say the word basis point, I had no clue what that meant, right? And because of my own pride and ego, I would just shake my head and go, okay, whatever you're charging. But I didn't have any clue that this is what percentage you were charging me. And it had nothing to do with my education because I had, you know, I had a four-year degree from Indiana University, which is a great institution, but I didn't understand simple, basic dynamics uh, of money. So the biggest thing I would tell, and the biggest mistake that I think this segment does, um, is they don't understand the, the concept of money in a sense that's digestible for them. And that gets them in a lot of trouble. And, and for me, I risked millions of dollars by not having that, that, that education. And that's why I went back and got my MBA at George Washington University, just so I could understand. Flip side of that, the industry has to do a better job of speaking to our clients in language that we speak to every day, okay? Um, no one says basis points all the time. No one talks about liquidity um, and, and, and stuff like that or longevity when it comes to, to, to money, to, to regular things. So what I tell advisor, advisors are, let's meet our clients where they are wherever they are in their understanding of, of, of money. And let's start speaking over or under the heads of our clients. It's really common for an advisor that's been in the game for a long time to speak in such financial jargon that within five minutes of the conversation, everyone is zoned out, right? And we're just trying to get through the call, through the, through the, call, through the meeting. So I would say for us as an industry is we need to and the word's not simplified, but we need to bring the level of our conversations to our clients and not vice versa. So to that point, looking across the wealth management industry, you provided a great example in terms of using terminology that doesn't necessarily resonate with this client segment. That's one example. Any other ways, Wally, that financial professionals have fallen short in terms of serving this client segment? Yeah, I think the I think the, the biggest thing is is, is catching the, the 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 easiest connectivities, and that's holding our clients' hands when it comes to impactful philanthropic uh, endeavors that our clients want to do. Like we said earlier in the call, this segment more than anything else wants to have an impact. This segment more than anything else. There's a guilt almost that comes with being the survivor, right? Being the one person out of a community sometimes that has made it and made it to the, to the big bright lights in the big stages, right? Being that one guy that went out of, used me out of you know, Tonneville High School in New York City. I made it out of the group of, of guys that I played with. I was the only one who went to Division One football. And then when I get to Indiana University, you know, I'm the only one there in my group that played in the NFL for 11 years. Then let's go bigger scale, right? I've got parents that are Nigerians and they made it out from Nigeria and came to America and they're living this great American dream. Um, there's a guilt involved in that. 
and I think the financial industry looks at the people around and the centers of influence and the ecosystem and the family members as hangers honors when they should really look at it as, wow, like they all see themselves as surviving or surviving. And not everyone's the same, right? There's people that have raised in, in, in farm towns of Iowa and their mentality of it is different than a, a New York city kid, but still the mentality is that I might be, be the only guy that was raised on a farm in this, in this town, a small town in, in Iowa that has made it to the NBA or I'm having 100,000 people in, in a concert somewhere. And there's a sense of guilt that surrounds these individuals that tend to get these uh, individuals in a, in a place where they're spending money on everyone around them just so that they can ease that guilt. And what our advisors need to do is take a step back, forget about, again, the, the bond portfolios and, 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 and the basis points understand exactly who you're dealing with. And if you do that, again, it brings it back to this basis of having a true relationship with your client. So, to so that- I, I hope, I, I hope with, and it feels like, you know, I'm giving away our secrets here at the firm, but the truth of the matter is I welcome everybody else to take this step and the industry to check itself and we're going to stop seeing these super headlines of athletes being duped and put into Ponzi schemes or athletes um, uh, losing money um, because they're dealing with the wrong advisors because the advisors that really have the knowledge don't want to go the extra mile and get to understand truly how their clients tick and operate. I do want to expand on that a bit with you, Wally, in terms of how the approach of UBS, the kind of work that you and your team within the athletes and entertainers client segment, uh, that kind of approach, how is it different from that of our competitors in this context as far as helping these clients deliver on the impact that they want to make and preventing them from going down the incorrect financial path? Great question, and I love it. But it's simple. I, I, I want you to show me right now in the industry where an 11-year professional athlete is actually running the athlete entertainer segment at any of the firms around us, right? We have a true advantage in this space, like in the fact that I've been in entertainment for the last 20 years of my life. I've done it. I was an undrafted free agent to signing one of the biggest contracts as a restricted free agent in the NFL history. Um, And with that knowledge and the passion that you even hear on this call, Added to the expertise that UBS has, it's a win-win formula. And the end of the day is if you're a good advisor, you're a good advisor to athletes, you're a good advisor to entrepreneurs, you're a good advisor to women business owners, you're a good advisor to rising gen, you're just a good advisor. And you don't have to be a good advisor just to athletes to be in the athlete and entertainers segment. You have to be an amazing advisor, but willing to do the work to really understand who these clients are. And that's the difference that we're going to have here at UBS. And I'm proud to say that I'm, we, UBS has led the way in this. And I wouldn't be surprised to see if our competitors start doing the same thing. It's almost a no brainer Like, why would you not have someone who has done it um, give the, 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 the firm the, the experience that they have and so that we can create the platform 
to where our clients can continue to shine on and off the stage. Like, it's a no-brainer. Makes all the sense in the world. And, you know, if we put ourselves in the client's shoes, which, Wally, of course, you can do better than anyone, what kinds of questions should those within this client segment be asking their financial advisor when they're on that video conference, when they're on the phone, or when they're in the office? What types of questions should be asked up front and proactively? Number one, you should ask this. How do you get paid? Explain that process to me. Oh, well, I'll charge you, let's just say one basis point. But what does that mean? Right? And until you understand the basic of how do you get paid? How does the advisor get paid? You shouldn't sign on the dotted line. Number two, you want me to invest in something? What is a stock? Can you explain it? Why don't you explain it to me, advisor? And until we start having these conversations and until advisors start being willing to go the extra mile to make sure that their clients are um, uh, understanding some of the things that they're going into, um, we're going to continue to have these problems. And if I am a client, if I had to do it all over again, I'm asking those questions. Number one, how do you get paid? Number two, um, how do I continue to make money? Explain that to me. Um, and until I have a, a great understanding, you shouldn't move. Right? And um, number two, like, what, what mechanisms are in place if you put me in a Ponzi scheme, right? Or you screw my money up. Like, what mechanisms are in place? And the truth of the matter is, you know, our advisors which should, should, should say that UBS's advisors are under strict, strict guidelines and regulations. So, so they should know if things go haywire, which they, which they may sometimes, right? The firm looks at that. But if you're going with these small RIA firms or, you know, small mom and pop firms, which, you know, I've seen happen, they close up shop. If they're based in, let's say they're based in D.C., they close up shop, file for bankruptcy, and, and move to Arizona, open up shop like it never happened. So understanding who you're dealing with, what are the mechanisms in place to keep advisors in check, and that there's uh, a, a, a big brother watching over, over those advisors. Because um, sometimes in, in, in finance, and in, especially with this athlete and tennis segment, it can become the wild, wild west. And in some cases, it is. So you have to be at reputable firms like UBS. And so you can ask these questions and feel comfortable uh, with where your money is. Very basic yet very important questions that clearly can help the potential client determine whether the relationship is a good fit and really flushes out, well, is the advisor looking out for my best interests? Is the advisor looking out for my goals? So thank you for the transparency on that point, Wale. I am curious, though, what are some valuable lessons, takeaways when it comes to financial management planning uh, from your experiences that you can share with us today? I think, again, I think the, the, the thing is, again, is just you got to have a, 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 an informative relationship, right? So, and I'll go back a little bit on, on your question, and I'll say this. If you technically were in a stock market with the last, I don't know, 12 years, you've probably made decent amount of money, 
Everyone has, right? So what's the separating part? And that's why I want us to get into the financial planning has to be for us is to understand what do we want to accomplish? Most of the athletes and entertainers that, um, that, are, that, that are clients, by their mid-30s, they're either re- they're retired. And <laughs> that's the difference from you know, planning for any other segment. So we've got to make sure that that conversation is had. Like tomorrow, like not, not everyone's going to be Tom Brady. Not everyone's going to be Bon Jovi, right? Not everyone's going to have those. There's, most of the people are going to be uh, flashes in the pan. Everyone's going to have their 15 minutes and then it's time for the next. Well, when it comes to financial planning, are we having the discussions with our clients that, that goes deeper than day to day? Like it has to be, you know, liquidity, longevity, and legacy. Those have to happen when it comes to financial planning. Um, and, and then if you take that approach um, to, to, to kind of answer your question, um, any pitfalls that come um, to, to financial planning um, will be averted. Well, Wale, thank you very much for your time and insights and for covering all of the ground that you have with us. Really appreciate hearing the story and all of the exciting work that you're doing here with us here at UBS. As a final question, a takeaway for our listeners, clients, potential clients, for those who would like to learn more about the work you're doing with the Athletes and Entertainers Clients segment, where can they go for additional information? Well, that's a great question. I'm glad you're giving me that um, opportunity. If you, have, if you have, everyone has uh, has the internet. So go to www.ubs.com backslash athletes uh, entertainers um, and you'll have a bunch of content. Um, we've got this really good video that we created. And I think if you look at the video, you'll see kind of the stuff that I'm talking about uh, in video form, the passion, the look, the feel, and exactly what we're trying to do of creating this long-lasting legacy off the hard work that our clients have already done, right? They've done the heavy lifting. They, 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 they don't need us um, per se, um, but we, we want to make sure we don't mess up what they've already created, accomplished, um, and basically we want to hold your hand, but at the same time stay out of your way and make sure that we don't ruin um, – your, your legacy and, and the future that you're trying to create for your family. So again, it's www.ubs.com backslash athletes space entertainers. Thank you, Wally. I have been on the site as well. I've seen the video. It's very impactful and very clear in the sense that it conveys what exactly you and your team do and how you set yourselves apart from a competitors in our space. But Wally, as I said, it was great speaking with you on the conversation today. Thank you for joining us and look forward to having many follow-up conversations with you in the years to come. Daniel, anytime. You, you, uh, you, you send me a call, I'll come running, Dan. Uh, I really appreciate it. Sounds great, Wally. I'll take you up on that. Thank you very much for joining us today. Again, today we have been joined by Wale Ogunle, the head of the Athletes and Entertainers Client Segment with the UBS Client Strategy Office. As a reminder to our clients and listeners, please visit the website ubs.com forward slash athletes dash entertainers For more information, the UBS On Air Conversations podcast channel is available where podcasts are found, including on iTunes and Spotify. 
Visit UBS.com forward slash studios to view the entire podcast offering, as well as the new UBS trending video series. From UBS Studios, I'm Dan Cassidy. Thank you for joining us. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients, UBS Financial Services, Inc. offers investment advisory services in its capacity as an SEC-registered investment advisor and brokerage services in its capacity as an SEC-registered broker-dealer. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways, and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. It is important that clients understand the ways in which we conduct business, that they carefully read the agreements and disclosures that we provide to them about the products or services we offer. For more information, please review the PDF document at UBS.com forward slash relationship summary. UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG, member FINRA SIPC.